Hey, Peninsula Grace family, it's uh, good to be with you, whether you're joining us via audio or you're tuning in on YouTube watching the video. Uh, I'm here, my name is Ross, uh, family pastor at Peninsula Grace, and I'm here with everybody's favorite, what's your, what's your can you introduce yourself? Uh, the lead uh, pastor, top dog, yeah. uh, top Sen- of the pyramid, Senior Poncho. Yeah. Yeah. supreme potentate, that, if you go. like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Justin, my name is Justin. <laughs> That's all I really wanted you to say. <laughs> oh, but, okay. you didn't want yeah, all that stuff? Yeah, that yeah, was for yeah, free. I mean, all right. yeah. Okay, cool. Whatever you want to uh, call me. <laughs> yeah, we're here with uh, our uh, this week's After the Sermon uh, devotional, After the Sermon podcast, After the Sermon video. And uh, we are coming off of Justin's sermon on Sunday where he uh, went through a couple parables that Jesus taught on uh, after uh, he... Uh, uh, threw a bit of a fit in the in the temple uh, his on his first day in Jerusalem. He uh, flipped over some tables, and then the leaders uh, of, in Jerusalem come to him and they have some questions, and they question Jesus's authority. By what authority are you doing these things? And uh, he gives a response. But before we uh, get to that encounter, we actually uh, had a quick little paragraph in at the end of Matthew chapter twenty-one, and we that uh, Justin didn't really get it touch on a lot, and we had a couple questions, uh, actually one, one question on, on this uh, particular uh, passage, uh, where Jesus has an encounter with a tree, and so we're going to read that, and then uh, it's a confusing passage, so we're going to ask a couple questions, and Justin will uh, take a couple swings at him with a bat, so uh, let, me, let me read uh, Matthew chapter 21, verses 18 through 22, early in the morning, As he, Jesus, was returning to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a lone fig tree by the road, he went up to it and found nothing on it except leaves. And he said to it, May no fruit ever come from you again. At once the fig tree withered. When the disciples saw it, they were amazed and said, How did the fig tree wither so quickly? Jesus answered them, Truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what you what was done to the fig tree, but even if I if you tell this mountain be lifted up and thrown into the sea, it will be done. And if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. All right, Justin. So what's going on here? Jesus is walking along, and he the road. He expects to see leaves, but or expects to, to find figs but only sees leaves, and he gets angry. What, why is Jesus angry at this poor little innocent tree? No, what did it do to him? Jesus is, we, I think he's hangry. That's what <laughs> the, the, the kids call it. And it is strange, and there are a couple different um, versions of this story in the Gospels, and it's a little debated as to what season of the year it might actually be when this happened. Did it happen right uh, during this last week or not, Jesus' life? And either way, what we do know is typically when these fig trees had leaves on them, they would either they should also be bearing their fruit, in this case the mm. fig, or it means it should be coming like right afterward. So what we do know is when because it tells us the detail in the story, there are leaves, that would indicate should also be figs, and there's not. And I don't think it's just because Jesus is hungry and the tree didn't provide the figs. He, It's symbolic of Mm. he is saying Israel, as a nation, and particularly their leaders, um, 
they should be bearing fruit. They're yeah. God's people. They have every indication as though they're the, the kind of people that should be bearing fruit, but they're not. Yeah. And he's about, and we know that in context, he's about to call the leaders yeah. out hmm. for not repenting, for not seeing Jesus as the authority, the Messiah that he's claiming to be. And therefore they're not, they're not producing the kind of fruit in yeah. repentance and, and observing who he is that they should be. Yeah. That's a, that's really good. That's helpful. That's so in this, fig tree is kind of an image parable of his relationship with the Jewish leaders that's going to be yeah. expounded on for the next couple of chapters as he debates them and wrestles with them in, in Jerusalem. Yes, and then just like he curses it, yeah. there is judgment coming. Yeah. We're going to see yeah. in each of these parables, um, whether it's a, the tenants of the vineyard, get the vineyard taken away from them, or the you know people that were not invited to the, uh, or the rejected the invitation to the wedding, you know th- they end up you know facing some destruction. Their villages get burned up and stuff. There is a coming, and we'll definitely see that in Matthew twenty three and twenty four. Yeah. There's a judgment coming for those who do not bow the knee to, to King Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so if you're looking for a good pick-me-up this week, you can read ahead in our story. You know? Light, fluffy, yeah. read it to your kids at night. It'll put them right to sleep. They're just like, <laughs> Yeah, totally. Cool. Okay, but then there's another question. I mean, even more puzzling, like there's that. We read that, and we're like, okay, what's going on? But then the the disciples ask a question, and Jesus' answer is uh, equally con- confusing. It almost doesn't answer the question that we want him to answer, but he says... Uh, the answer is the disciples ask, how, "How did you do that?" And the disciple and Jesus says, "If if you have faith, you're going to do even greater things than this." Like, uh, so what, he says specifically, "If you tell this mountain be lifted up and thrown in the sea, uh, it will be done." And so the question that was asked for us, Rana uh, drew this question. Diamond M. Up. Yeah. And, um, and it's a really good, great question. The, the, kind of the logic is, okay, so if Jesus says that if you have faith, you can move mountains, you've probably never moved a mountain before. You don't Not know that, me. Yeah, okay. I, I definitely haven't. So, so does that mean I don't have faith? Like, uh, and if, uh, if not... What assurance do I have? Like, do what do I need to do to get that kind of faith that moves moves mountains? So, what, yeah. yeah. If if faith moves mountains, do any of us have faith? Yeah, I, I it's it's a bizarre conversation because he's talking about you know even it's a little weird that you know he gets so angry at the fig tree even though it's symbolic. Yeah. It's like he doesn't come out and say that, and then they're like we want to do that. Like yeah. what they want to curse yeah. a bunch of fig trees. And then his response is, you know, you can do anything if you have faith. And I don't know. And we, we, we were talking, it's okay to just say some of these texts are weird and we don't exactly yeah. know what's going on. So we don't, we certainly don't want to pretend like, Oh yeah, this is, this is exactly what's happening here. We're all coming to the text trying to understand. Um, we, we do know that Jesus is saying, and this was often a phrase. We saw this earlier in Matthew in chapter 17, uh, when he said, if you had the faith, the size of a must, Seed. Basically, yeah. if you have faith at all, you can move mountains. Now we know that's metaphorical. Jesus, there's no historical account of Jesus relocating, you know, Mount Ararat right. or Sinai or something, and right. nor did the disciples. But it was a, f- a phrase at the time to say to do what's impossible. Yeah. So anything that you ask it, for us, it's impossible. Which for us in sin, like we can't even love our neighbor as ourselves. We can't do yeah. anything good in God's eyes. And I was I was reading uh, this week on this. Uh, a commentary on this t- uh, passage and 
you know, I liked the guy said, I can't remember who it was, but he said, this kind of prayer is always leaning on a promise of mm. God. And so what this doesn't mean is we just get to kind of walk around with Jesus yeah. juice and be like, yeah. read out, you're over here, yeah. you know, um, start kind of going Harry Potter style and just, you know, throwing things around and zapping people that it is us, you know, according to God's will and the promises that he's made to us, you know, seek me and you'll find me. So when we pray, God, yeah. I want to know you. I want to love you. You know, I want to be able to love other people. We pray according to his will. Yeah. And which is a scary thing, right? Like to take that step of faith and is God going to come through or not? And that's where these kind of promises come in handy. If you pray and and you prayed leaning on the promises that, uh, that you've been given in Jesus, like it will happen. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. For sure. And you know, I I think we might see this and read this and say, oh, well, if so this is Jesus speaking figuratively here. He's using hyperbole or is he, he's exaggerating. Well, does that like lessen the weight hmm. of it? Does that mean that Jesus is lying or, you know, stretching the truth a little bit to make his point? And I, I don't think that's, I mean, that's really what's going on. And I think we know that there's still a lot of weight behind this because Matthew is writing years after Jesus said that. He still at that point, 20 or 30 years or however many years later, he hasn't moved a mountain, even though Jesus promised Mm. that he would do even greater things. But I think Matthew here, as he's recording this, imagine the the great, the amazing things uh, that he's thinking about that Jesus promised that they would do with the start of the church Mm. and the the ingathering of the of the Gentiles and the coming mm. of the Holy Spirit and the spread of the gospel to the ends of the earth. I mean, already in, in by the time this, this book was written, like mm. um, way more amazing things were going on than like cr- yeah. the cursing of a little fig tree. Like people's lives are being trans- transformed. The, the kingdom was coming in power through the Holy Spirit. The miracles that they yeah, do the, and the, the acts. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. There's healings, all, the, all this Being able to withstand stuff. suffering. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be... Yeah. You know, thrown, yeah. beaten, and yeah. stoned, and and sure. they just keep getting up and going, sure. and that's sure. not something man can yeah. do on his own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's so cool. Like you were saying, that gives us such boldness to pray big prayers, mm-hmm. uh, and to do, and to have confidence that we that we step faith. Like we, greater things mm-hmm. than this. We we are about as we take part in Jesus's mission and the mission of his disciples. You will do great things. Yeah. Is that the words? That's the words, yeah, for sure. I'm trying Is that to, the I'm melody? Trying, I'm trying to remember the, the message of the song, but yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's that, but with the right it, tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Awesome. Okay, so uh, we're going jump to jump ahead a little bit. We're going to go to the, uh, the, end of, um, the end of this parable section, the, the, the end of the third parable that Jesus uses to answer, answer the, the question that the Pharisees had, which is, from where does your authority come? And... Um, Jesus gives uh, his, his last parable is a parable of the wedding banquet, uh, in which he uh, tells us the story of a of a king who invites um, anyone he can basically to this to to the wedding feast, and then at the end of this, uh, 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 he this king finds a guy that's made it into the the wedding feast after everyone's been invited: the rich, the poor, the good, the bad. Uh, the popular, the unpopular, they've been invited. And he finds this guy, uh, and, and you'd think he would belong there because everybody's been invited, but he's not wearing the right clothes, the, the garments. He's not dressed. And so he casts him out. And then he, uh, and then Jesus sums up the meaning or the message, the takeaway from this parable by saying this. Uh, 
in, in verse 14. He says, For many are called, but few are chosen. All right, so um, tell us, Justin, what, what's going on here? Um, you know, what, is it, what does it mean to be invited or called? What does it mean to be chosen? Who's, what, what, what does Jesus mean by that? Yeah, another another good question that I can't just give you the, the easy answer to. Uh, I like somebody, was it Tim Mackey with the Bible Project? They call it question and response yeah, instead of yeah, question yeah, and answer. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, but can certainly respond. I've always got something <laughs> to say. Um, you know, and I think this will certainly, for some people, depending on your church background, um, some bells will go off like, oh, we're using chosen language and yeah. um, so, sort of the, the debate or the discussion around does God choose specific people to go to heaven or hell? And yeah. um, even people listening today probably have differing, and that can be a polarizing, mm-hmm. controversial subject. Um, you know, I think always we want to look at context. So what's, you know, he says many are called and we know in the story that really everybody, you know, he, he invites a certain amount of people initially who reject the invitation and he eventually invites everybody else. There is this wide call, um, to come to yeah. the, in, in this parable, come to the feast, yeah. you know, come and, and into, which I think is, um, symbolic of fellowship with God, come into yeah. relationship with him. Um, now we also see, he says, few are chosen, um, in this context, there are people who reject the invitation, but then there are people who are thrown out because they don't have the proper yeah. gear on, the proper wedding clothes. And so um, who's chosen? The, well, the ones who who are fit for the feast. Um, mm-hmm. I think in this context, we're looking at you know those who were dressed correctly. And like we yeah. said on Sunday, um, at, there was a custom at the time where they would actually provide the garments for those who didn't have them or yeah. the right kind of garments for the people. And we know from reading the rest of the Bible that our righteousness, what makes us fit to be in God's presence, isn't our own righteousness. Our yeah. righteousness is filthy rags, but it's being dressed in Jesus' righteousness, which we acquire by faith, not by works. So who are the ones in this story that are chosen? They're the ones that come in the right way, dressed in the right way. And we know from outside of this story that the only way we do that is through faith in Christ. So I would say, you know, the invitation is for all to come, but only those who come placing their faith in Christ are actually going to be able to stay at the party. Yeah, 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 for sure. No, and I think that's, I mean, uh, you know, I don't even think maybe we would necessarily align on every single tick, you know, and I don't think you could survey any anybody at our church, we would agree on every little thing. But, yeah. I mean, there is, uh, you know, no more clear explanation of the gospel than that that I don't mm-hmm. think anybody can't can't latch on to and, yeah. and hold to for sure and I, mm-hmm. um, f- for sure yeah definitely that's 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 super helpful um, yeah and I think if you, even like just this, this idea that that for many are called that's what's that's what's been going on throughout the book of Matthew you know you see yeah. in Matthew chapter 11 when Jesus says come to me all you who are Hmm. Are, who are weary and, he- and heavy laden. That's what mm-hmm. the invitation is for everyone. Yeah. Yet at the same time, uh, we've seen that the, the the description or the kinds of people that will actually enter the kingdom of God, hmm. it's a pretty narrow crowd. It's those who mm-hmm. who admit they're weary and heavy laden. It's who, those who admit they're weak like a child and come to him uh, Re- realizing the clothes that I'm wearing are not fit for this party. I need somebody yeah. else's clothes. 
uh, mm. to wear for sure. Um, and we can debate about who, you know, who exactly, you know, what it mean, means to be chosen and what it means to be uh, call, called or, or selected out. But mm-hmm. ultimately, you know who's chosen based on who's wearing the righteousness of Christ. The, yeah. the Christ or like that, we've that, seen earlier, yeah. bearing that fruit. Right. Yeah, yeah, repentance yeah. And, and Christ-likeness. Yeah. And, but yeah. I like what you're drawing out. Like few are chosen we jesus says earlier the the gate is wide you know the, uh, yeah. but the way the way in is narrow we we can just look around in our lives and see yeah. there are a lot fewer people following jesus than not right um and i think this is also a call to, so there's a realistic expectation like as leaders in this church or yeah. just in general as we go to make disciples a lot of people are going to reject the message yeah. a lot of people will not respond accordingly and we don't have to be discouraged by that it's sad for that individual but that, you know, it doesn't, I mean, but, but it should also give us an urgency. I mean, there's this language here that he's, I think, speaking ultimately out of love to the Pharisees. Yeah. It's harsh, but he's like, you need to know if you don't repent, there's destruction right. coming. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and we should know in our lives, I mean, our, our coworkers are, um, well, some of our coworkers <laughs> specifically, uh, but are the people that are neighbors, you know, I had a neighbor come to my house out of the blue a couple of days ago and, you know, want to just hang out and talk a little bit. And, um, what an opportunity He's not a believer. And yeah. just think about the people were around, like there is an urgency here. Um, the wedding feast, they've been invited, but if they don't receive the invitation, um, yeah. there's a destructive end and yeah. that should, that should motivate us in our relationships and, and preaching of the gospel in our lives. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think we could also say, no matter whether you call yourself a you know a diehard five point Calvinist or a diehard five point you know Arminian or whatever you whatever, I, I think we what this passage is not teaching us is that there are some who uh, desperately wanting and responding to the call of the gospel in faith and repentance, but God says, ah. You know, you might have put your trust in me, but I didn't choose you, so I'm keeping you out. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm giving you this. That that is not at all what yeah. I think any any bun faithful to the to the gospel would would understand. So it's a sweet self to- yeah. cell phone ring. Yeah. A little, <laughs> but you're right. Little, yeah, the not man. was I chosen or not? Yeah, well, the question right. is, you know, not <laughs> yeah. you know looking at my choosing, but yeah. looking at the cross. Do I right. believe Jesus is who He says He right. is? Um, and and if I do, then that I'm chosen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Cool. Yeah. Cool. That's really helpful. Any, any last words, Justin? Um, cantaloupe and peppermint. Okay. Those are yeah. some last words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nothing helpful, yeah. obviously. I hope if you're ever asked that by an executioner, <laughs> yeah, that, that would, those would not be your last That words. would also be my final meal <laughs> if yeah. I was the executioner. <laughs> that sounds that's delicious. Smart, smart. Okay, cool. Well, that's it, guys. That uh, Thanks for joining us. Hope that was edifying to you. It was, it was fun for us. So. Yeah. Cool. Have a great day.